I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my closet recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. What are we doing on the show today? Well, we're going to kick things off with worst things first, where I chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into the worst frozen treats because it's hot as fuck outside and all I want is just a good icy treat. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. Then we've got stand-up comedian, actor, voice actor, Maria Bamford on the pod, a true comedy icon who we probably don't deserve on this podcast, to be honest. I don't know how she's on it, (laughs) um, but we love her so much. You know Maria Bamford from her very own Netflix show, Lady Dynamite. You've heard her many voices on shows like BoJack Horseman and Adventure Time. Her amazing production, You Are a Comedy Special, is available to stream on Audible Plus right now. And she's live streaming a comedy show on RushTix.com later this month. She's really doing it all. So stick around for our conversation where we talk about everything from our mental health to ice cream to hotel rooms. But before we get to all that, Barry, how's your quarantine going this week? Well, in a cruel turn of events slash, I'm pretty sure this is karma, uh, my neck went out this week. So um, I feel like it's probably because you ended the show last week by singing my neck, my back. And like, since you had your back go out, it was like, oh, well, now I need to have my neck go out. So it is your fault. I am blaming you and you are liable for paying my bills, my insurance bills. My neck, my back, famously a curse. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I'm holding up all right. How are you? How's your week going? <laughs> My back is mostly better. I'm at like 90%. I can I can throw it All back right. right now. I can bend down. I can I can stand up. <laughs> you can do basic functions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, otherwise, my week has been horrible. No, <laughs> It's just like, I don't know why I just had like a super busy week. And like, I don't know, I've just been so stressed. And fun fact, I have to move. I don't have to. But like, I'm my my lease is up um, in a, literally a week and a half. And I don't know where I'm moving yet. And oh, my God, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm just laughing, but also like. So much is going to have to happen in the next, um, like, 10 days. So, oh, my God. <laughs> um, not great. I will tell you the absolute horror of having to pack all of my stuff up. Like, my lease is up. I don't want to stay in this apartment. Uh, as much as I've enjoyed my apartment, the, the rent is too much, and it's unreasonable, and I shouldn't stay here. And everything is falling apart anyway, so, like, it's time to move. I don't want to move in a pandemic. But... There was no greater feeling than emailing my landlord and being like, bye, bitch. I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. 
so yeah, if I seem intensely stressed now or on the internet or in real life in the next two weeks, it's because I'm going through um, the worst thing that anybody can ever go through, <laughs> which is having to move. So let's get into it. Let's do it. And let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a 150-pound tortoise who escaped from a home in Tennessee was missing for 74 days before he was recovered last week. Damn, How I do want to watch that movie. I would absolutely watch Homeward Bound, the tortoise edition. I don't know <laughs> how you lose a, a turtle for 74 days. Okay. 150 pound tortoise. Right. Like, that's not like some little teacup one that, oh, it got into the vents. Like, no, that bitch opened the door and walked out. Like, how, how do your neighbors not notice? It's also not going very fast. You well, know, like, how long does it take for it to leave? Yeah. I, you, I've seen, I don't, not to brag, but I have seen videos of tortoises on the internet and they don't, <laughs> they don't move very fast. All these are all facts. Famously. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Fact number one, tortoise moves very slow. Fact number two, this bitch was huge. 150 <laughs> pounds. So probably even slower than the, than most tortoises. Two. It's basically like losing a grandma. Oh, I guess that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh no this Sorry. is absolutely the end of <laughs> that <laughs> this, that scene in sex in the city when miranda's boyfriend his mother just they find her like near the garbage cans somewhere in brooklyn <laughs> this is exactly like that this is just an elderly tortoise who was moving very slowly and somehow they still lost him <laughs> this is exactly like a <laughs> grandparent <laughs> um, his name is Solomon, which is also oh. an old person's name. I love that. I love that for a turtle, a dog, a human. Solomon, the African sulcata tortoise, he was discovered just an eighth of a mile away, which is, I don't know how many feet that is, but not that much. No. I just like, so he was within an eighth of a mile for, for two months and they didn't know where this 150 pound tortoise was in the middle of Tennessee, which I when I was reading this, I was like, I don't know what the climate of Tennessee is. I guess I just assume that everywhere in the middle of the country is like an arid desert, which is not true. No. Also, Tennessee isn't like the middle. I mean, Tennessee is it's the middle. Mountain. Is it in between the two coasts? Do you know who Dolly Parton is? <laughs> it is in the middle. Yeah. Dolly Parton lives in the desert. No. <laughs> Do you think Nashville, this, oh, oh, maybe he was going to follow his dreams of being a, a country singer. Mm. My favorite part, his owner said that a man and his son spotted him grazing in a valley at a construction site and returned him within minutes. How many other people saw this 150 pound tortoise just walking <laughs> around? Like, surely that was not the first person who had seen this tortoise. They were just the first people in two months to be like, maybe maybe this tortoise belongs to someone because it's <laughs> Tennessee. Do you think that some people thought that he was just like a lawn ornament, like a really realistic lawn ornament and didn't because he was moving so slowly? And they were just like, oh, oh, the, the bumpkins got a new lawn ornament. 
And it was like the bumpkins. It was that a name of a family? Single name. (laughs) Uh, I that is a a great strategy for going about life. If you move slow enough, people just won't see you. (laughs) We can learn a lot. We can learn a lot from Solomon. His owner uh, said, "I guess we'll guess we'll never know the full details of Solomon's great adventure and how he managed to elude us for so long." Because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, anyway, congrats to Solomon for making it 74 days on his escape. But now he's back in prison. He was 15 years old, which I think is pretty young oh, in like yeah. tortoise years. He's got like 300 years to go. <laughs> well, that's what we thought about the turtle that I had growing up. And then he died. Oh, R.I.P. Por- corn pop. Corn, porn pop. <laughs> porn cop, corn pop. <laughs> Two very different turtles. Next, a bald eagle launched an aerial assault on a drone operated by the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, aka EGLE or Eagle. Eagle. Sounds a lot like eagle. Sounds a lot <laughs> like eagle. And this bald eagle was like, not on my watch. You you won't. You drone. And then he attacked it. Welcome to the resistance, bald eagle. Fuck <laughs> it up. I don't trust a single drone ever. What are, what are drones doing? I, I mean, don't know. They're just like being used for documentary films. And like, I don't know. Yeah, it is. I feel like the word drone is so misleading because, first of all, I for the longest time got confused with droid, which is just a different thing entirely. <laughs> but then second, I it's just like, yeah, the way that we like societally talked about drones was that they were like drop bombs. Right. But these are just like remote controlled cameras, basically. <laughs> yeah, but actually, a drone is just like anything that flies. <laughs> Pretty much like a bird is a drone. Yeah, it's basically a drone is just a helicopter, a tiny helicopter with on remote control. I just feel like in the world of science fiction that we live in, you have to prepare for the worst. And the more drones have power, the more that we're fucked. And this bald eagle knew that. Oh, yeah. He knows and what's up. He was like, no, but back to the depths, you beast. And he <laughs> ripped off a propeller, sent it right into the lake. So the attack happened at the end uh, of July when the drone was mapping the shoreline in Michigan. It was mapping like shoreline erosion. There's no, the water in Michigan doesn't erode shit. Okay. It's it's just sitting there. It's just not no- true. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> this episode is chock full of science facts and that is one of them okay there is no erosion happening there's no salt in that water it's fresh fresh water doesn't erode what are you talking about (laughs) it absolutely does yeah (laughs) that's what like rivers are this has been science with man basically this drone this 950 dollar drone okay this this little scientist who was flying around with his fancy thousand dollar drone don't cry about it. Just walk your ass back to Radio Shack and get a new one. This isn't a bald eagle. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. This is America. And finally, cops on the Isle of White. 
<laughs> Isn't that where all cops live? Am I right? <laughs> oh. oh, which is off the coast of England, the Isle of Wight. Wight, W-I-G-H-T, like light with a W. These cops are launching an investigation to find two young goats who are seen oh. attacking a police car. Heroes, 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 heroes. These goats said, fuck the police. Fuck authority. <laughs> officers, apparently the officers were dealing with the discovery of an unexploded mortar shell <laughs> dating from World War II in some field. And while they were out there kind of retrieving it, the, these goats used the opportunity to F some shit up and jump all over this car and parkour all, all over it. And then the I love it. P- police tweeted out a couple of kids did oh, it because they're kids goats. caused damage to one of our police vehicles. If you recognize the offenders from the photo, please let us know. What are you going to do with these goats? Yeah. Are you going to arrest them? They're, the handcuffs would slide right off their little legs. <laughs> Good luck getting the cuffs on those hoofs. You'd have to. Have, I don't. I would like to see that pair of handcuffs. There's no way. There's no way. They don't they don't even have wrists as far as I know. <laughs> Absolutely absurd. Ghosts can do whatever the fuck they want. I as far as I'm concerned, this is uh, Fred the Goat's pivot to social justice. Mm, mm-hmm. I I honestly I hope this inspires goats everywhere to stand up for their rights to protest. Even though I don't really know the laws in England or on the Isle yeah. of Quiet. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it starts somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. And I think these goats are getting in on the spirit of rising up against the police state everywhere. That's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into all the ways that people have wronged ice cream and frozen treats, which was actually a personal offense. Every time you create a frozen treat that is disgusting, it is an attack on me personally deep dive 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 all right somehow summer is almost over which i actually refuse to believe i it does not make any physical sense it it doesn't it's like dark at eight o'clock already in chicago yeah fucked it doesn't even feel like summer even technically started. Like, I realize technically it is September, but like m- mentally, I'm still in March. Baby, I am in April. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you made it farther than I just me. remembered that April came after March. <laughs> All I know is the last time I actually was at like a bar or an indoor establishment was March 13th. And I just have that date in my head as the last time I was fully free. Even though I was on a mm-hmm. un- pretty uncomfortable first date. <laughs> no, it was fine. Anyway, while we savor these last few weeks of warmth before we start getting gang banged by pumpkin spice and chunky sweaters and we're all forced back into solitary confinement, I wanted to bitch about frozen treats, which technically, I guess, are, are a year round thing if you're not a coward which I'm not. Yeah. I don't I no. don't like to limit myself to only having frozen treats during the summer. I just think uh-uh. societally that is when we've accepted that oh this is when most people are eating frozen treats. So I'm talking about it now and I'm I'm conforming in that way, but I just want you to know I don't I don't conform to those standards. 
I'll eat an ice cream cone in the depths of winter, frostbite, eating away at my toes and fingers. I will go out eating a blizzard. Blizzard in a blizzard. There's really no better way and no better time to eat one. Absolutely. Truly, ice cream is one of baby Jesus's greatest inventions. When he was laying in that manger uh, and he waved one of his little claws and he invented chocolate and vanilla, we were blessed. But in the 600 years since then, humans have (laughs) created some real abominations in the frozen treats aisle. And it's time we called them out. So let's get into it. These are the worst frozen treats. First, ice cream sandwiches. Wow. Coming in strong, coming in hard, being brave. I hate ice cream sandwiches. It has all of the components that you think are going to be great. It's got ice cream. It's a sandwich. Right. What can go wrong? Yum. Turns out everything. I, I think <laughs> specifically here I'm talking about the classic ice cream sandwich. It's got those little chocolate rectangle cracker crusts that look like military mattresses. Like, it looks like what would go on, like, a cot. Those things are garbage. The texture of that chocolate, quote-unquote, cookie, it's like compacted mud at the bottom of a pig pen. And the ice, <laughs> and that ice cream is like not real ice cream. It's like day three no. snow. Yeah, it's weirdly airy. Yeah, and like crumbly. I don't know. Yeah, or like chalky. It's like both soft and hard somehow. It's really, it is, it's like day three snow. Like, you know, day one snow is like, oh, it's so soft and, and like yeah. uh, melty and fluffy. fluffy. And then day two, it's like, okay, still pretty, pretty nice. By day three, absolutely not. Everything is garbage. Take a flamethrower to that shit, melt it down. There's no, it is ice and garbage. But also every ice cream sandwich is a joke because even the ones that are like like an actual proper cookie for the outside, like a chocolate chip cookie. And not frozen. Even that there are those ones that like it's a proper cookie, but the cookie was also frozen after it was baked. And it's like that hurts to bite into. Yeah, you can't you chomp into that thing and it's like Dr. Pimple Popper. There's just creamy (laughs) juices spewing out everywhere. In order for the physics of an ice cream sandwich to work, all the ingredients have to be disgusting, apparently. Nobody wants a frozen cookie. And even then, you're still chomping into ice cream, which is serial killer behavior. If you enjoy biting directly into ice cream, you have skinned like at least three neighborhood cats in your childhood backyard. That's a fact. Oh, It like hurts my teeth to even think about doing that. I've just, nobody should be chomping into ice cream. And maybe it's because I have a lot of cavities and so my teeth are more sensitive. But I don't know. I just think that no one should. Yeah. Ice cream, as far as I'm concerned, should never touch your teeth. Ever. It should slide right down. No chewing. Right. No licking. And then sometimes you mush it around with the roof of your mouth. But it's mostly a tongue food. If I could take my teeth out in order to eat ice cream, I would. (laughs) The only way to eat an ice cream sandwich is to chomp into it, which is illegal. So by <laughs> by definition, it is uh, an absolute monstrosity and should not be allowed. I would, however, amend this to say that I once had a churro ice cream sandwich that I oh. would absolutely go to war for. Like, 
<laughs> I, you know, how like Greek history, they had like, oh, they launched a whole war because some lady had a really good vagina, I guess. This is what I would go to war. I would launch a thousand ships and I would fight. I would fight. I would hire like champions and I would have all of the, all of the hot people. I'd make them wear really fancy sandals and I would go to war for that churro sandwich. Next! Snow cones. Babe, <laughs> it's ice. <laughs> this is dog piss in a pile of snow on the side of the road that you've scooped into a paper cup that disintegrates within seconds. How is this a good, enviable treat that people actually want to eat? There's never been a day in my life where I thought, you know what I'm really craving right now? A snow cone. Yeah, nobody has ever willingly had a snow cone. You have it if it's the only option or if like a circus clown has shoved it into your face. <laughs> Which is the only time I've had a snow cone. A circus clown put it right up up my nostrils. And I was forced to chew with the teeth that live inside my nose. I think the last time I had a snow cone was when I was at Brookfield Zoo. I don't know Ugh. why we got snow cones. Why my my parents <laughs> would do that to us. But we did. And then the little boy we were with fell and scraped his knee. And then his mom was like, you should put that, you should put ice on it. And so he tipped his snow cone upside down to put the <gasps> licked part of his snow cone directly <laughs> on his wound. And then we all laughed at him and he started to cry. <laughs> oh my God, this story got dark. <laughs> Next! What else? Those frozen like Tweety Bird, Sonic the Hedgehog, SpongeBob SquarePants heads? Yes. No way. Or sometimes they have like Bugs the Bunny or like a Pikachu. Spider-Man was big when I was right. a kid. I don't even know where to start with them. First of all, they always look like the radioactive mutant version of whatever they're supposed to be. <laughs> they, they never look like the package. It looks like, oh, okay, this is what Pikachu would look like if he had 20 children, has gone through like four divorces, put on <laughs> all of his makeup and then like went for a jog. And like the Mojave Desert. <laughs> Just Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like a Picasso rendering of SpongeBob. Yeah, it's the, the essence of SpongeBob. <laughs> but also, you know what probably has more flavor than that is if you ate an actual sponge that you put into the freezer. <laughs> because also, what are they even made of? Uh I don't is it even ice cream? It can't be. Truly, you are just biting into like high fructose corn syrup and sugar. And isn't it that like the different colors are kind of different flavors? I just remember eating that and like sometimes it'd be sour. That's my childhood memory coming back. Oh, and they have gumball eyeballs, which like, you know what I... <laughs> the greatest invention. I don't want to do... You know what I don't want to do ever I've had some ice cream? Work my jaw on a gumball. <laughs> But even then, it's like the gumballs are in the middle of the face. So you reach the gumballs mid-treat, and then what? You're just supposed to store two gumballs in your cheeks until you finish? <laughs> like a little tiny squirrel. Uh, I just don't understand it at all. Nobody, Whoever invented that didn't, didn't think it all the way through. 
Oh, they were definitely stoned. Like their living room probably has like four lava lamps and a gumball machine. And they were probably like eating ice cream and then set it down and bumped into their gumball machine. It plopped down and then they were like, holy shit, those look like some eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And then there you go. That's how it happened. They really should just, it would make the most sense if they put two gumballs at the bottom (laughs) where SpongeBob's dick would be. God damn it. Listen, if I have to quit this podcast and become a full-time ice cream creator and make some erotic SpongeBob frozen treats, then I will. <laughs> Don't make me do it. But if you want to invest, um, Matt's email is... Um, hardforspongebob at gmail.com. Also, what else? Those red, white, and blue rockets? The rocket popsicles? Oh, I don't yeah. want to look like I just gave Elmo a blowjob <laughs> because that would be illegal because Elmo is three and a half years old. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Elmo is a three and a half year old. Look it up. Incredible. <laughs> Frankly, I'm not a fan. I'm getting I'm getting a lot of truths here today that I'm just not ready. To I guess handle. so. You have to do your research. Frankly, I'm not a fan of any popsicle. I, you're just sucking off a flavored snowman. As far as I'm concerned, I don't. <laughs> like a popsicle i only like coconut cream popsicles because they're creamy and taste more like ice cream but at the end of the day i only ever want ice cream yeah i don't like the word like creamsicle because mm. like an orange creamsicle is the other thing i was thinking of which i like i don't think we uh, fully appreciate how terrible the word creamsicle is yeah it's up there with moist but also like i don't even want to think about a creamy orange Mm-mm. And finally, frozen chocolate banana. And I bring this up because I had one at Disneyland on, on one of our last trips before everything went to hell. You didn't just have one. You like went on a mission <laughs> to get one. I, you like abandoned everyone else to go get one. I don't one. remember if I was drunk or stoned, but I saw like someone walking with it, probably like a hot dad eating a chocolate banana and I was like I've never wanted anything more in my life than a frozen chocolate banana right now (laughs) and they only had them in like the one section of Disneyland so I had to go hunting for it finally got one and I cannot tell you how disappointed I was to bite into it and find that it was just a frozen banana (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that it was exactly what it was advertised as (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but it's just a frozen banana covered in chocolate and sometimes peanuts. I think I just assumed <laughs> that it would be like a smooth, like, I, I don't know what I was really craving was like a banana kind of ice creamy thing, which is, of course, n- absolutely just not what a frozen banana is. But I still I just like don't don't trick me. OK, or I should say just don't compromise if you're going to have a frozen treat. Just get a big old scoop of ice cream, slap it on something warm, I won't say what, and lick it. And it is going to be amazing. (laughs) Every time? Every time. So, make good choices. I won't judge you if you eat any of these or if you like them, but um, I will. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Maria freaking Bamford on the pod. And if you're completely unaware of Maria, uh, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, she does talk a lot in her comedy about mental health struggles. And she does touch on 
suicide and suicidal ideation. So um, we do want to just give a fair warning that we do cover those topics pretty much right away. So if that is at all upsetting to you, then please take care while listening. Feel free to skip ahead. But just wanted to give you uh, that warning before we get into our interview. All right, but first, our commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. My guest complainer today is comedian Maria Bamford. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Despite the fact I warned you that I am from the Midwest and I have a difficult time complaining about everything, (laughs) uh, anything, anything. I I can put a positive spin on most things. I'm hoping to get on that new Ron Funches show, Nice Off. Yeah. I I mean, the not-so-secret truth about this show is that we're actually pretty... I I think pretty positive. Maybe <laughs> maybe by on the Maria scale we're not quite as positive as you, but I'm also a Midwesterner. So Oh my gosh, where are you from? I'm from outside of Chicago. Um well, w- w- normally we do start by asking what yes. is what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves, but Okay. Yeah. I'll, I know. I'll let you. One thing I hate, I that I think I want to say that I've loved mm-hmm. in the past. Okay. I have been a, a suicidal person. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when I think of death, I don't, I don't want it for others. Don't mind it for me. Okay. <laughs> Would I do not like it for others. My mom has a, has a lung cancer and I am yeah. not interested. <laughs> I tell you, I am not on board with the cancer. I would, I would agree with that. Right. I hate it so much. <laughs> I it's it's fascinating to me that you were that, that, that you frame that as was totally into it before, but now <laughs> not well, so. Much. No, and I, as a child, I had a habit um, of um, uh, longing for death, uh, suicidal ideation. It's mm-hmm. when you fantasize about the great beyond. It's a clock eater and uh, a relief 
But now, um, you know, when I think about it for someone else, I get mad. Yeah. For me, it'd be fine. I'm good at any time to go. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But it's been it's been a great run. I'm I really I mean not to be depressing, but also to to be. it's depressing. I'm so sorry. It's so depressing. I just um, we're really taking the unhappy hour of unhappy hour literally here. Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like the fascinating thing is like, especially right now, not to not to generalize what, what you're going through um, with your mother, but like, there is so. <laughs> I mean, there's always suffering happening in the world, but yes. uh, but now it just feels like there's so much terribleness and death and like we're surrounded by this so much. And um, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like y- you seem to be able to kind of like at least turn it into comedy or at least find moments of, of levity. Here's a moment. My mom, we were just there uh, seeing the radiation doctor my mom victoriously shared with the physician, I lost four pounds. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> again, this, yes, that is, that is an upside. Did she, uh, she said it to uh, the, the person as like, please and, reward me for this. And ask for a diuretic. Asked for a prescription diuretic because she wanted to take off a few more. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So I think there's, um, yeah, there's, there is some great, uh, humor to be had in it. I, I prefer, of course, to joke about my own death because I think it, it kind of bums other people out if you joke about their death. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or it seems, it seems like you're an assumption. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah. So, uh, but, it, it it is a intense time, uh, so I I do like to joke about stuff. My husband and I both have bipolar and both have had, you know, end of life planning a little early, and uh, <laughs> so we actually have signed I will not commit suicide contracts that we have in a chip clip magnetized chip clip on our refrigerator door. <laughs> there you <laughs> <But> go. <laughs> if you come over, you know we're okay. <laughs> I I feel like yeah everybody who comes over needs to it, it should be a petition at this point. Well yeah it's been notarized by Carol Grisham our uh, therapist who takes insurance <laughs> South Pasadena LMFT go to Carol. Honestly I'm not sure if my therapist listens to my podcast she probably should it would save us all a lot of time. But I uh, yeah she she stopped taking my insurance. Not a, not a great time. <laughs> God damn it. What's the least expensive mental health care you've ever received, Matt? Um, That's a good... I, I think uh, it was probably when I actually had like good insurance, I might have paid like a, a $40 copay to go see. That probably was cheap. And it was like one of those kind of student therapists who was not uh, not a full therapist yet they were co- sort of in training so you wow. you got to pay pretty cheap so but even that was like i still paid the 40 dollar copay yeah 40 bucks is high for i mean i i've been to free clinics where you were working with students but 40 bucks for a newbie i know but sometimes that could be very helpful what's the worst form of healthcare uh mental health care you've ever gotten uh it's probably 
I mean, I pay like a, the full full amount now, which is uh, is a large amount. <laughs> I don't know if I want to call out my there. It is like a couple hundred bucks, which is no, not great mid pandemic. Yeah, especially um, as as someone who does comedy and stuff, it's like not there's not a whole lot happening right now. Um, so yeah, it's fun. I mean, how much do you think, do you use comedy as therapy of, of well, like, where is that most of it? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. That it's, um, and cause if you hear somebody else laugh, you just feel, uh, I'm sure there must be some brain chemistry that fires. Yeah. But it feels great. Yeah. It feels wonderful uh, there are definitely moments where i i joke about something that i'm like maybe i should have kept that in the in the private session but uh you know there's stuff like that i don't know if you've had moments when you i i have a hard time keeping any secrets <laughs> if i get you a birthday gift i tell you what it is as i'm buying it for you it's a candle i tell you again what it is when i hand it to you wrapped and then I again affirm that you got it after you unwrapped it. It's a candle. At least a candle. There's still the surprise of what it actually smells like. You know, you could you you could keep that. For, or, or I you, might not. I might not keep that on the lowdown. <laughs> now that you've said it, I think I might say it's whiskey coconut, <laughs> which sounds amazing. <laughs> There's still it's tobacco pine. <laughs> All right, less amazing. <laughs> So some of the things that you you said that you love that other people have found hateful. Yes. One is the the Days in Duluth. Okay. I checked in at the Days in Duluth, London Road uh, property. It's about a hundred bucks a, uh, a night. Fantastic. A block from Dunn Brothers Coffee where I can sit outside, have a view of the lake. Yes, there's also a view of two gas stations and a freeway, but that's not going to stop me from not seeing that lake. That's the Midwest. That is the Midwest. West. Well, because I have worked on the road as a comedian and I also never want to be a princess, I did notice something odd about the carpet when I was there for a number of days before my husband came, but I didn't place it in my mind. Uh, he gets there. He says, the carpet is wet. The whole carpet is wet. The, the place smells like mildew. And we are actually right between a few people, uh, one person who was having heroin withdrawals and was screaming, it'll never end, while vomiting uh, for a full 24 hours. Uh-huh. And <laughs> so I had this dear, sweet love of the days in, and my husband just gets here and he's like, um, I think there's light prostitution going on outside, but I did, I still love days in. Uh, he had us move to a, a residence in, also very nice. Uh, but uh, I miss the flavor. <laughs> they also gave me all my money back. I called Hotels.com, and this wonderful name, man named David in El Salvador gave me a full refund. So there, that that is very um, not Midwestern, I would say, of call actually calling and saying, "Hey, here's some, here's here's what happened." Well, and I wasn't gonna call. But then my mom, in honor of my mother, who is so good at talking to people on the phone, oh, you know, she'll make a connection with anybody she's doing a lot of political calling or, or was when she wasn't feeling well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, so you have a cousin in Arizona. Would you know anyone named Lips? 
and she can just make a Kevin making connection with anybody. And so I tried to do that with David. We spoke Spanish on the phone or I spoke Spanish while he was very kind right. and patient. Yeah, he tolerated you speaking Spanish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it was tiresome. <laughs> Anyways, this is all about customer service and how much I love connecting with others. Uh, it is a skill in the in the world of customer service. And when you're dealing with a customer service rep, either people are complete assholes or, or, or you butter them up. Yeah, butter them up and, and yeah, let's have a good time. If we're going to be here for 45 minutes, which we will, <laughs> yeah, we certainly will be. I, uh, I, go I'd ahead. like to know what area of Punjab you're, you're in. <laughs> I, when I first uh, moved to New York, I was returning a pair of shorts to the Gap, all very Midwestern things to do. And uh, I remember the, the man was like, you're not from here, are you? And I, I was like, no, why? And he was like, you're, you're being too nice to me right now over this experience, um, which is not like as a Midwestern person, you that is like you wear that as a badge of honor. But I was yes. like, yeah, why would I be an asshole to you? Okay, these jeans are five dollars. <laughs> well, yeah. there's not a lot at stake here. <laughs> yeah, my husband's from Philadelphia, and so he's like, we went out for dinner with another couple. The other couple was an hour late to dinner, and uh, that was confusing. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, let's just you know enjoy dinner. Something must have happened, and um, he said no. He told him how pissed he was. Uh-huh. And he said, well, yeah, what, what's your guys' what's your problem? And then he was over it, and we had a really nice dinner. <laughs> Whereas I steamed silently. Yeah, that is the other, that is the flip side. <laughs> is There's still anger there. It's just whether you express it or not, and or, or whether it kind of stews inwardly. Yeah. But it's good that you have sort of a good cop, bad cop thing going. Totally. And that is exactly what we have going. Um, yeah, I... I wonder if I'm the the bad cop sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you might. Probably with, with the dogs, I might be our <laughs> bad cop. No more treats. Is it right? You pretty much always are taking care of a, a senior pug. Yes, we got a senior pug, Max. And then we also have a rat terrier who's the senior who, her name's Jackie Onassis. Lovely. Named after, of course, First lady of the United States. Right, right. Both of whom have presumably seen some shit. For sure. Yeah. For sure some shit. <laughs> yeah, we're very uh, my we're very comfortable with with uh older dogs. I like a I like a slow animal. Uh-huh. Um yeah. <laughs> Do you, so did you 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 got them when they were, were older Old. when they were seniors? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, I've always gotten the dog when they were older just because I'm I'm slow. Like when they say, oh, do you want a dog to run with? No, no. <laughs> yeah. You want a dog to take walks on? <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I like a, I like a nice um, kind of geriatric dog situation. Yeah. A pillow, a, a friendly pillow. Right, right. I don't know. There's a, I'm forgetting the name of it, but there is a kind of internet famous senior pet sanctuary and it is specifically oh. called the sanctuary which i love um oh, that's wonderful and a lot of their they post a lot of uh of great pictures of their um you know it is it is um a, a freak show and i say that lovingly um well yeah some of them have the um, the weakness in the hind legs mm-hmm. and i thought 
if they were just kind of marketed better as like mermaid pugs, <laughs> like they're little mermaids, you know, that 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 and if we made like little bottom costumes for them, like yeah. that might be very sweet. A nice fishtail um, sleeve down there. They, oh, a fishtail. That yes. Sequined. Yeah. So anyways, anyone's a seamstress who has a heart of gold. Right. Some nice elastic. Um, that would be perfect. I, yeah. I'm i also a, a, a pug person. and um, <laughs> But they are, you know, pugs... They're, they're dealing with a lot. They come into they come into life dealing with a lot. Yeah. And I, there is an ethical conundrum in there. I think for, very clear is that they shouldn't be bred. <laughs> shouldn't, that, that is actually there's no conundrum. It's, right. Uh, but you know what? They're here. Oh, well, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting them when they're when they're old anyway, you know, so I, I'm, I'm for it. Not not for the, you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, it's a cut and drape black and white issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, someone please stop reading pugs. <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, well, one of your other items. So you'll have to explain what Foster's Freeze is. I have some ideas, but. Oh, my God. So Foster's Freeze is Dirty Dairy Queen. It is oh, just okay. like Dairy Queen, but a little dirty. You can get anything, anything you have ever wanted from Dairy Queen. You can get like a peanut buster parfait uh, or a, one of the cheesecake cherries, Jubilee mm-hmm. McFlurry, but it's called something different. It's called a, a wad or a triple triple. <laughs> okay. And then the great thing about Dirty Dairy, Dairy Queen is that they will do anything for you. So you can say, oh, can I have some Texas toast down the center of that hot fudge? And they say, yeah, next window. I also, I, I love how you, uh, apparently you have to know how to speak like diner waitress in order to order there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, uh, but I love Fafafreev. That's what, well, that's what I call it sure, in my dreams. Sure. Fafafreev. Is it only, um, is it a specific to like Minnesota chain or is it a Midwest no, chain? No, it's specifically to Los Angeles. I believe oh, there are okay. only three that I know of in LA and they don't have Dairy Queen in LA as far as I've been able to locate. I know. Um, yeah. So I am just grateful uh, for the presence of FF. Did you, you grew up with Dairy Queen? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and there's only one. The, yeah. Anyways, oh, I don't want to complain. <laughs> there's clearly they I'll... needed a smoke shop more than they needed Dairy Queen. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not an artisanal ice cream person. Give me something with a little bit of science in it. Right. I want to taste the high fructose <laughs> corn syrup base. <laughs> I was just tweeting about this yesterday uh, because I was so upset. I saw a tweet for an Oreo fudge brownie blizzard. God damn it. And I looked up. There was one Dairy Queen in Manhattan on mm. 14th Street. And I looked it up. And three weeks ago, they permanently closed. And I, I was literally on the verge of tears. That was like almost the thing that broke me out of the last five months of quarantine. I was so devastated. (laughs) It was literally the only, uh, I think there might be one in the Bronx. I know there's one on Staten Island, but it is like, that was the only Dairy Queen in like, in my reach. Oh, that's so hard. And then. 
I mean, then it's just like, just go home and make your own hot fudge sundae. I mean, like at that point, like, yeah, I just, I don't want to go to a, although Cold Stone Creamery is a little compelling. I have had that once mm-hmm. and I did like the slapping around of the ice cream and putting nuggets of uh, fluff and, and, and nonsense in it. There's something about Cold Stone to me, uh, they they beat it up a little too much. I think they <laughs> they smack it around a little too much for me. Hey, what did that ice cream do to you? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. No. You tra- did you try talking to it first? I, there were so <laughs> many steps that we could have went through before it reached this. I. <laughs> Yeah, there's just something, you know, that quality of like when a kid sort of plays with their ice cream too much and it gets that kind of droopy. It's been through. It's seen it's seen too much. I don't it's I don't like it ice cold out of the freezer, but there's an in between that I don't think I think Cold Stone takes it too far. There certainly there certainly is an in between place, but you just yeah, I mean, I guess it is. It's all that is the beauty of humanity getting back to positive is that we all like something a little different. Yeah. And um and there are certainly the ice cream options to support the the <laughs> a- array of human desire. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I I wanted to. This is a hard right turn, but I want to talk about your new audio original on Audible. No, it's not an audio book. Do not call it that. Right, I almost did, and I so I, I caught know. myself. Um, you, but it's really yeah, not. No, I I've already listened to the whole thing. I loved oh it my so God. much. That's, that's very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. I will say. I mean, to be completely honest, I had no idea what it was before. They just said Maria's <laughs> got an Audible original, and I I was so delighted when I started playing. It the 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 idea is well, why don't you explain it? Uh, it's called "You Are a Comedy Special." That uh, it, uh, I tell you how how I write an hour, and I also am writing the Audible original while you're writing your hour of stand up comedy mm-hmm. and doing it. And so I'm doing it as you're doing it, so you're not alone, really. Right. We're doing it together, and I'm not good at it either. So fantastic. Uh, it, it was really fun, fun to write. And because I, I love, I, I enjoy stand up so much. And it's free, I tell you, <laughs> free to do stand up. And you can start, especially now, you can start your own Zoom, Instagram show and just get it started. I, I mean, yeah, that is the other thing. It seems like you are so pro doing comedy in these kind of unconventional venues that even as someone like, in normal times, I'll get up and do stand-up. I The idea of doing a Zoom stand-up show to me is so overwhelming and daunting. Really? I just, ah, I don't know. I need that immediate feedback. Well, the one thing is you can have a designated laugher. Sure. And it's somebody who's promised, hey, I, I'm down for everything. I love to laugh. I totally know what you mean. Yeah, I'm probably more on the autism spectrum in that I don't really need to have a response. Uh, but it's fun. Don't it, it can be super fun. Yeah. I I also loved uh, about the Audible original. I think you're honest about the actual work part of being like a creative person sucks and is not fun and like takes a lot of effort. And sometimes you have to kind of like trick yourself into doing the work a little bit. At least, yeah, at least for me, it's embarrassing. I feel ashamed that I don't have a great work ethic. 
or that I'm not that great. You know, like, uh, yeah, I'm a working comedian, but uh, I don't think, yeah, uh, I think there's been better. Uh, you know, so how do you keep going? And, and I definitely get a ton of support on how to, to do that because especially in American society, there's so much of like, well, you're either the best or you cannot participate. Mm-hmm. Don't exist unless you, you know, and, and like, well, that's, that leaves all of us out of it. You know? Right. <laughs> right. All but one, so, one person who's, who's actually the best, whoever that is. Which is, which is awesome. I'm so glad uh, for whoever that is. I assume we're talking about Dave Chappelle. Uh, we may be talking about uh, Tiffany Haddish mm-hmm. or Bill Burr or Ms. Pat. Ms. Pat. Uh-huh. I think we're talking about Ms. Pat. She's a fantastic comedian. Uh, also mentioned Jackie Cation, my friend, and Lori Kilmartin, also a good friend. Technically, only one of them can be the best. So, Right. So uh, how do we keep on? Yeah. Um. And and also, it's such a joyful and independent way to perform in terms of you get to cast yourself in all the parts, you get to write everything, you get to say everything you've ever wanted to say to, yes, a sometimes mostly disinterested audience of people on their phones. <laughs> but you got to say it exactly how you planned. And there's something exquisite. Yeah, that is noticeable. Forgive me for just kind of like complimenting you so so baldly here, oh. unless unless you love it. <laughs> oh, oh no, go, go on. <laughs> oh, oh please. <laughs> but I I was watching um your latest special too. The last one with the crowd is the one that I was watching, and there is an element that I you could just tell like you if nobody was in the audience, you would still be having as much fun. That's what it. <laughs> That's what it feels like to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, yeah, it's it's great to watch. But also as someone who is sometimes in front of an audience, I'm always like, oh, if nobody was there, I would I would be shitting my pants. So <laughs> to have that joy, you just, you can feel it. I don't know. Well, and there's things I'm totally afraid of. Like I'm afraid of governors in Long Island, mm-hmm. if that's still open. I'm afraid of, um, <laughs> yeah, any, I, yeah, any... It's con- the comedy cellar. I don't do well there, you know, like with a big crowd, I, you know, I, I, there are definitely things that I'm terrified of. The idea of performing for no one feels very controlled. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just not a risk for me at all uh, on some level. So just FYI, yeah. you know, that you are, uh, you are just as courageous <laughs> as anyone. Uh, it's, you know, it just everyone it feels comfortable with different things, but yeah, there's definitely things I'm afraid of. Yeah. Well, we actually always end our our show and I feel okay. like you would appreciate we we all we do always end the show. Um uh, eventually we don't typically ask our guests this but it is because you are such a positive person we always end our show with chasers which are the things that are sort of like that help the bad stuff go down easier mm-hmm. so what has been your your quarantine i guess chaser the silver lining oh my goodness well meds sure uh a thousand milligrams of depakote 25 milligrams of seroquel antipsychotic keep it going the whole cocktail the cocktail is so good and then um nitro cold brew Ooh, it kind of sends me into the 13th dimension <laughs> and um i feel like i'm i i am ideas i'm just 
ideas in a hornet's nest of, of ideas. And then uh, and that lasts for about a half hour. Right. Then a pure crash. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. And let me see. I do love that we don't have to be anywhere. Like here, my mom is ill and I can, I don't feel any pressure to be anywhere. Yeah, uh, of course I not. can just do everything. I can have a wonderful conversation with somebody in New York City, a very exciting place from Duluth, Minnesota, and also a very exciting place. Uh, but maybe um, I'd have to sell it. You. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that there's a room waiting for me at the Days Inn. Uh, you got that right. With a, oh my with God, a yeah. wet floor and some screamers <laughs> next door. It sounds it sounds fantastic. Oh goodness. Well, your Audible original will be on Audible. I well, I I listened to it early. It'll be available uh, August 31st, and then I also going to have a show September 26th. Uh, 7 p.m. Pacific on RushTix.com. It's the cheapest form of terrible therapy you can have. It's when an unlicensed comedian uh, tries to solve your your problems. I'm a useless white lady, and it's called uh, Help Me Help You Help Me. Uh, 15 bucks lower than your co- copay, Matt. That is true. And uh, if you agree to be helped as part of the show, I will send you and a loved one a t-shirt American made that's a great deal uh (laughs) well thank you Maria so much thank you I wish uh your mother the best and thank you very much yes I will send her your love yeah and I hope everybody um checks out your all your stuff oh thank you so much for having me on and for letting me uh go on thanks man bye All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our segment, Do Better White People, where we talk about some action that we could take uh, to support social justice. Today, we're talking about justice for Jacob Blake. I'm sure you've all seen the news about this in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where police officers tasered and shot Jacob Blake seven times in the back last weekend. So we wanted to uh, direct you to a GoFundMe page where you can donate directly to him and his family. We'll put that in the show notes. And we'll also have numbers and emails of local officials where you can demand that the police officers be held accountable for their outrageous actions and for the removal of the police chief and sheriff uh, and the ACLU is also working on that. But I I also wanted to bring your attention to Vanity Fair's recent issue, which is all about Black activists and visionaries to celebrate, uh, because I know it's it's really hard to see so much Black death on the news, uh, and it is it is horrible. And there are all I think there it's important to also celebrate Black joy. And this issue, which is all about Black activists and visionaries to celebrate, is very hopeful. It is a lot of people who are doing really hard work and they're amazing. And I just wanted to draw your attention to that as well, because it, they these people are truly a guiding light in these times. So uh, we will link to that in addition to all the other things that we're going to link to. Nice. Okay. Now our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what have you been watching? I have been watching On Brand for this episode. Uh, Maria Bamford's special, which is on Amazon Prime, called Weakness is the Brand. Uh, It's 
so good. I watched it with my mom. And at the end, she said she loves her so much and she's her new favorite comedian. So sorry, Matt. Uh, (laughs) It's Maria for my mom. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I really loved it. Um, It's so smart and strange. And she's just so freaking talented. (laughs) The amount of voices she can do. It's absurd. Um, Yes. Yeah. But I really loved it. So I, yeah, I've been, as people know, I have been at my parents' house. So I've been watching Lovecraft Country with them, but otherwise uh, have not been watching a ton of TV this week. So, oh, I also watched John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch kids or whatever (laughs) special uh, and loved that as well. So I know I was super late to that. The Maria Bamford special came out not too long ago, but uh, I, I enjoyed both of those things, watching uh, comedy specials kind of weak. Yeah, know? same. I also watch Maria's special, which is very, very funny. I've sort of been re like, I, I don't know, nothing super new. I've watched all of 30 Rock. <laughs> and by that, I do mean the entire series this past week. Um, what else? I finished uh, I May Destroy You, finally. Or I guess... Oh, I, I'm behind. I'm uh, behind. Yeah, I guess the season finale of I May Destroy You was this past week or couple weeks, uh, which was so mm-hmm. good. Just, yeah, watch that show. But otherwise, yeah, all, all the same stuff. What is your your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is Back Issue, which I know we had an ad for it in today's episode, but I also just want to say it here because it truly did bring me joy this week. Um, I am so excited about this show. It is, like we said in the ad, it's a Pineapple Street Studio original, and I love it also because Josh, who used to be an editor on Unhappy Hour, he's been a producer on Unhappy Hour, like... The fabric of this show has also been woven by Josh Gwynn. And now he's had this idea for a show since I've known him. So like four years he's had this idea and it's finally coming to fruition. And it's co-hosted by him and Tracy. And like they are so amazing together. He truly is an encyclopedia of pop culture. And Tracy is hilarious and amazing. And like it's smart and funny and Uh, dives into parts of pop culture I knew about, parts that I didn't know about, but I always want to listen. I'm I'm really, really excited about the show, and it's really fun and truly uh, helped some of the bad shit go down this week. So that is my chaser. What about you? Hard agree. The episode, the first episode was so great. And yeah, the first episode was about um, Tyra Banks and just reliving <laughs> the madness that was uh, America's Next Top Model. Which I religiously watched when I was a really? kid. Oh, the, oh, yeah. I also was like, oh, the cutoff is 5'9". I'm 5'9". I was like, wow, I could be a model. <laughs> I could not be a model. <laughs> I do. While I was listening, it did make me think... I never watched Top Model like religiously, but I do remember tuning in when the first season that they had male models, because obviously. (laughs) Of course, of course. And I still have like images from that episode that are like part of my my psyche. Yeah. There's one person where who wore like an olive green underwear that I'm thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it like had that much of a profound effect on me. Anyway, back issue is so great. Another podcast, uh, wreck, which we've had Brian Safi and Aaron Gibson on the show before, but throwing shade is their mm-hmm. pod. I, I love it so much. And they have started, uh, 
a sort of like companion element of their show called groceries where they just go to grocery stores and review them. <laughs> but like very <laughs> earnest. It's just like them talking about how much they love going to the grocery store. It is, I think, a, a, a Stitcher premium show. So you have to like be a subscriber to that. Um, I think they've started releasing the first season just in their regular feeds. But um they had me as their first ever guest on groceries to talk about my like favorite baked items and things like that and go grocery shopping for baked stuff. Um, So that was a lot of fun and you could check that out or wait until it's free in the feed eventually. But yeah, podcasts. And uh, once again, we recommend podcasts only on the understanding that you listen to all of unhappy hour first And then you could go listen to the others. (laughs) Amen. And on that note, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline with your own rant that we may feature on the show at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> If you or anyone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or ideation, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.